0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Dafa Shavu as we study Masechus Yuvah Daf Kuf Gimel. On this past Friday, one of the uh, great Rabbanan in the United States of America passed away. It's very under the radar. His name is Ravnathagreen Greenblatt. It was a rav in uh, Memphis where he lived for uh, over 70 years. He has a long history of association with uh, the Briska Rav, Ramosha, and many other great gadolim. Now, the reason why I mention him today is because he was a bucky, an expert in not only gerushin and divorces, and he took care of Giddin all over America in uh, cities and in communities that were not as uh, filled up with uh, Bate din as you have here on the East Coast. But he was also the world expert, or one of the world experts, in yibum and chalitza. And, in fact, he would travel all over if there was a situation of Khalitza. I heard a Hespid that was uh, given about him. I think the name of the Rav is uh, Rav Ari Liebowitz. It happens to be the brother of uh, Rav Ari Liebowitz from Yeshiva University. And he's a Rav in uh, California, in a small place in California, not L.A. I think San Jose. And he spoke about... Uh, Rav Nata Greenblatt and his expertise in chalitza. He said that he had in his home many different uh, shoes, the chalitza shoes that we've been learning about. That's why I'm mentioning it. Now, why would there be the need for different shoes? So this is uh, all in this parak, And I wanted to point out for anyone who has a chance to really understand this parak and review the parak. we're not done with it yet, is to look into the Rambam. Hilchus Yibam v'chalitza Perik Dalit. That's really the Halacha Lamasa from this Perik, also in the Shochanar Aruch, but I'm giving it to you from the Rambam. And the Rambam in Halacha Yud test talks about the size of the shoe. The shoe shouldn't be too big. The way the Rambam defines it is, as long as you could walk, then it's not considered to be too big. You know, if you have a little kid wearing a large shoe, they wouldn't be able to walk. And the same thing with adults. And it shouldn't be too tight where most of the foot could not get in. But if a majority of the foot could get in, it's uh, large enough. So it's incredibly that this sort of green blunt. Uh, again, how often and how common is the chalitza? But he made sure to follow the halacha l'chashila. The halacha l'chachila, as we learn in the parak, is, as the expression goes, the shoe should definitely fit. Now, something else that you'll notice in this parak, and I'm encouraging you to uh, learn this parak. I've pointed out before that if you want to learn a Rambam, even uh, in English, Hebrew-English translation, wonderful edition, the Maznayim edition, you could find it uh, at Chabad.org under classic commentaries. And it actually has uh, notes, footnotes, in addition to the halach itself. And I never uh, noticed this before. I'm obviously not an expert in uh, Halitza. The Rambam in this parik, he calls the chalitza v'zehu nusach get chalitza that there has to be a document that's written and the document is called get chalitza he actually has at the end of this parak tofes haksuba which is the ksuba for a yavam and the language that's there as well, so this Rav Greenblatt was an expert, in fact what the maspid, the person giving the eulogy said is he knew the whole dialogue that we learned about earlier in the parak by heart. He didn't need chumash open, he didn't need notes in front of him, he knew how to pass in these halachas and how to run the process, the procedure. I don't know if he knew the lashon of the get uh, chalitza or the ksuba of the avam, but just to point out, I mentioned in the past year, and many of you commented on uh, what I said about Rav Melech Shechter, of Herschel Shechter's father, so it's was appropriate to uh, Acknowledged as to Greenblatt. You could probably Google him. There's uh, another famous Rav from Memphis, no relationship to him, River Ephraim Greenblatt, who was for the river bus of us Ephraim. But they have Memphis, Tennessee, as two of the great Godolum in the United States of America. And uh, it's a big loss, in, especially in the area of Giddin, where he would travel literally all over to make sure that a get would be done to protect women from being uh, agunot. Recording this year on uh, Yom Ezi Corona and Eretz Israel, in fact, the uh, sirens going to go off. It's a two-minute siren at 11 a.m. And one of the uh, developments, scientific developments that we've seen in the state of Israel, is in the area of artificial limbs, prosthet—I think it's called prosthetics, pathetics—and unfortunately, it's uh, a great advancement, but it's due to. Uh, you know, the wars in Israel and the losses, and so much has been done. Why do I mention this on Dantha Kof Gemo? I could uh, not think of it. As we have this machlokas between mayor and Rabiosi. Find a similar machlokas with a slight variation of Mesach but the old machlokas here is presented. And it comes into the discussion relating to the shoe, which has been a big topic in this paradigm. Is whether if a person has a wooden leg, could they go out on Shabbos with the wooden leg? What we would call today an artificial limb. So let me just give the background in the Gemara, and this is combined with some of the knowledge from the Gemara of Yomu, the two issues. One issue is. If this leg is not considered to be a shoe, like the position of a mayor, then a the person wouldn't be able to wear it on Shabbos. would be a violation of Hotsa of carrying. Hotza is called the malacha gurua. It's, it seems like a very minor malachagurua. You're allowed to schlep a heavy table in your house, but you can't carry something light. And obviously this would be problematic if we... Did not paskin like Remeir. Meir says no problem. Meir says it's part of the body. Unfortunately, and wait till the end of the year to hear the uh, modern application. But unfortunately, at least on the surface, and when I say unfortunately, if this would be the halacha, that if it was the halacha. We have to surrender to it. But we have the position here from Yosi. Rabi Yossi says it's not considered to be a shoe, and therefore it would be hotza. Now, when you look in the Gemara in Meseches Yoma. There's another issue there. The issue there is that even Rabiosi seems to agree that it is part of the body. So it would not be an Isser if it was a guarantee that it would stay attached. But these wooden peg legs were not so sturdy back then. And therefore, there would be the concern that it would fall off while walking. And then you would end up having to Carry it. it was obviously very precious, they're not going to leave it there until after Shabbos, so at least there would be a temptation for the person to carry it. So, both these, these of are two different ways of looking at it. It's either inherently outside, or it's outside, because of the possibility of it falling off. Now, all of this is going to lead what I want to try to do with the shear. Is okay, ma'isa? We're not going to deal with this one as far as chalitza, but how is this with a person today who has a uh, artificial limb? Are they allowed to wear it on Shabbos? They have to stay in their house on Shabbos and not wear it? And I want to share with you some of the literature that, and there's a lot that has been dedicated to it, to this topic. This very important Shuvah of Ramosha. Ramosha was writing to a Rav in England. This is in the of HaTshuvah's Igros Moshe Orechayim Chalik Dalad, Simon Sadi. In this chuva uh, that's quoted over and over, there was an article in the Journal of Halachim Temporary Society in the fall of 1991 that uh, quotes extensively from this article, from this chuva of Ramosha, that a person who can't walk, with uh, unaided, may use, we're discussing without an air an ambulatory device, a cane, a walker, even a wheelchair, or crutches on Shabbos, again, even without an air of. With an air is it's not going to be a question. The only question that would still exist outside of carrying which the Ramosha dismisses because he says that uh, whatever is aiding the person is considered a substitute for a body part. It's part of his uh, goof, like we saw in the Gemara, a shoe. Ramosha wants to say even like a begad that he has. Um, Ramosha does say that <clears throat> this leniency wouldn't work if a person could walk with assistance And just finds these devices helpful, which means if it's going to help them walk a little bit better, it's not going to work. You have to obviously look at each case differently and ask a Shila. But there is another possible issue when you're dealing with um, artificial limbs, which the same analysis of Ramosha is going to apply, that it's really considered to be part of the body. And that's why he says a person could wear a leg brace, which is either considered part of the body or an article of clothing, a bag as we pointed out, and um, other artificial limbs that can be put on and taken off and worn even through a public thoroughfare. But there is additional issue that, an additional issue that I saw raised by Reb Avraham ben Avraham. Avraham ben Avraham is Nishmas Avraham. It's very important to say for an Irish to throw and dealing with issues of medical halacha. Much of it's based on Rav Shlomo Zaman Urbach, who's, of course, a tremendous posek. So he raises the possibility that maybe there's a bona. If you're going to put on an artificial limb, then maybe that's a prohibition on Shabbos of building, the assembling of items on Shabbos. So he says at the end of the day, it's not a problem. Because the assembling of items on Shabbos is only prohibited if it will definitely not be dismantled on Shabbos. You know, it's a permanent type of thing. But something that comes off and comes on, whether the person sleeps, when the person cleans it, there's no issue. So this is in addition to the analysis of remosha and the Shmir Shabbos Kolchasa in Yud Ches eighteen fifteen also allows uh, the going out of these artificial limbs. I think the right term, again, is the press thesis on Shabbos. So Argamar is quoted, what's very interesting is, uh, which is a bit more technical, is how the uh, Poskem argue that both Ribiosi and Reb Mayer would agree. Reb is not gonna be a shock because Reb Mayer was looking at the wooden leg as a shoe um, Rabbi Yossi would be a little bit more surprising, but again, I pointed out there's another Gemara. Now, Ramosha was not the first one to make such statements. You already see these issues being discussed in the Rishonim, where allowances were given. The Ramah, in Shulchan Arachayim, Hech and Shin Aleph Sif Tezayin, quotes um, from Rabbeinu Yeruchim, where you're allowed to go out, listen to this, it sounds like exactly from our Gemara, And that's going to be the key over here. There's no concern that it's going to fall off. So it takes care of both issues, both as far as maybe it's going to fall off and you're going to pick it up, and is it really considered to be part of your body or not? Now, there are certain limitations on this. I don't want to get too into detail. But what happens to a person who unfortunately lost an arm, and he generally would put on his tefillin, he's a righty, he would put on his tefillin on the left arm. So the halakha, as I understand it, is you're going to use your right arm. Because this is not, it, the bottom line, it could be considered a begad. it considered to be a shoe, it considered to be attached to the body, but it's still not the body. And it would be the same halacha of someone who's missing an arm. Obviously, if someone's missing the left arm, they have nowhere else to put it but on the right arm. So uh, these are just halachas. Again, we're looking at Maseches Yivamis, and you may not see the connection, you know, an inherent connection, but it's very clear how this gemara turns out to uh, play a role in halacha lamasa. Have a great week of learning.